their names were logged in the journal. Every single one of them in the room that evening had agreed unanimously that week they were setting sail. The men, the the women, all of their children were getting everything that they possibly could into that one or two boxes and placed on the ship to set sail across what they thought were treacherous seas to an unknown place, unknown hardship. They, they were told of the savages. They were told of the sickness. They were told of these possible starvation, even that of death. And every single one said yes. When they set foot on the new world, in that first year, they had already come together and they set up a, a, city, count, a city council. And in that first year, that city council began to be their government. And that city council decided that in year two, that they would, they would build a building. And so they built a building. And that city council would meet all year two. They met, and in year three, they decided that, hey, this year we are going to build a road one mile into the wilderness. And so as year three started, they started chopping down trees and making a road one mile into the wilderness. Year four came. And that group of Puritans, that group that, that left a nation and sailed across treacherous seas, fired the city council. Do you know why? Because they lost their vision. Four years prior, They were willing to go into uncharted waters. They were willing to set their whole lives. Yet, three years after they landed, they were not willing to go one mile into the wilderness. Riverbend, I pray that you and I I pray that we would never lose that vision. I fear, if I'm honest with you this morning, I fear that some of us in the room have. I fear that we have lost that vision, that desire to to move forward, that, that spot where this group of men and women got to where they were comfortable and complacent and said, this is far enough. May we never, as a body or as individuals, may we never 
lose that vision. And for those of us who are here this morning and possibly you have lost that vision, may you even now fight for it. May you fight to get it back. If you have a copy of God's Word, and I hope that you do, turn to Jeremiah chapter 29. And this morning, I, I want to share with you for just a few moments on the subject of prayer. Jeremiah chapter 29. I'm going to read for us verse number 4 down through verse 14. But before I do, before I do, don't change the slide. Before I do, let me share it with you, and then I will ask for you after I hopefully share it correctly, our memory verse. Our memory verse for the month of January comes from this passage, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 7, God says this to us. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. And pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. Jeremiah 29, verse 7. Now I'm going to ask for us to recite it. I will start it. You've still got the easy side. I will start it, and then you can respond back. And the verse will be on the screen. Hopefully, it states this in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 7. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. Jeremiah 29, 7. Okay, I think I, I got it. So um, it's now your turn, and I'm not going to call you out. But, but I was, I was um, before we move forward, I, I went over to Longview Point Friday night for uh, the Warriors' graduation, and as I sat on the front row and, and I heard Joey, um, who graduated, uh, he's been here a number of times, and uh, Joey, for 13 months, has uh, been one of the guys who has cleaned up after you and cleaned up after me on a weekly basis um, here in our building. But uh, as he stood in front of 100-plus people, probably, um, he shared 50 Bible verses, one after another, after another, after another. And I was like, you know what? Thank you for the challenge again. Thank you for the encouragement. Um, I need to uh, be about learning your word, Lord. And I don't know if I need to share with you or not. But uh, this year, I'll go ahead and share. This year, um, I want to memorize the book of Philippians. And I am in chapter 1 of Philippians right now. 
uh, memorizing God's Word because I believe what David stated about God's Word. And I believe you need to know what David stated. Thy Word, speaking of God's Word, Thy Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. One of the reasons that I sin, and one of the reasons you sin, is because you and I don't know this. If we would know it, your attitude would be different, Brian Tillman. Your words that come out of your mouth would be different, Brian Tillman. Your actions would be different, Brian Tillman. Or you can put your name in there. If we would know his word. So this year, may we learn more of his word. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 4. That was free. Let's get back to the sermon. Thus, verse 4, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them. We, we saw this. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage. Give them in marriage that, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there. Do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. And pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you. And do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for evil. To give you a future and a hope then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. Heavenly Father, that word was true for a nation who called themselves sons and daughters of Abraham, who called themselves your children, yet their heart was far from you. And God, you disciplined them and sent them into exile just as you had stated in those verses. And Lord, there is a people 
a people in this nation, a people in this state, a people in this town, a people in this room who call you Father. And Lord, I pray that our hearts are not far from you. And I pray that your hand of discipline would not be on us. But that our hearts would be close to yours. Our our feet would be moving when you call us to move. Lord, that we would obey you. God, I pray this morning that you would challenge us from this passage and one close to it. And God, you would challenge us in the subject matter of prayer. I ask it in your son's name. Amen. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you the promise and bring you back to this place. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Then, then, verse 12 states, you will call upon me and come and pray to me. As I went through the week this week, I started out thinking, how how much time have you prayed today? How much time have you talked to God? Monday started and I started praying. Monday closed and I prayed. Tuesday started and I prayed. Tuesday continued during the day and I prayed some. Tuesday continued and I should have prayed more. Maybe that was the same part of your day. But how much do we pray? Two insights about prayer. The first is this, that the opportunity for us to pray is ours. The opportunity is ours. If you turn two or three pages to your right in your copy of God's Word in Jeremiah chapter 33, there are... The first three verses that state this, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time. So God speaks to Jeremiah again while he's still shut up in the court of the guard. While he is still in prison, God speaks a second time to Jeremiah. And listen to what he says. Thus says the Lord who made the earth. The Lord who formed it to establish it. The Lord is His name. Call to me. Call to me and I will answer you. And will tell you great and hidden, another translation, great and mighty, another translation, great and unsearchable things that you have not known. 
the opportunity for you to have an audience with the King of all kings, to have an audience with the Creator of everything has been given to you. That didn't move you. The opportunity for you. To go into the presence of the one who knit you in your mother's womb. The one who said, hey son, you stay right there and shine. Hey Milky Way Galaxy, you be flung around in this motion. The one who told the Rocky Mountains to rise and the valleys in between them to draw low. The one who said to the oceans, hey, you can come this far and go no further. That one says, why don't you call to me? And I'll answer you. The opportunity is... Yours. The opportunity is ours. Alexander McLaren, you'll see the quote on the screen, stated this. We've got three or four quotes for you this morning. Alexander McLaren stated this about prayer. We may have as much of God as we will. Christ puts the treasure chamber... He puts the treasure chamber into our hand and bids us to take all we want. And in this quote, he gives a little quick story. He says, if a man is admitted, is allowed into the bullion vault of a bank and told to help himself and comes out with one cent, Whose fault is it if he's poor? Whose fault is it? Whose fault is that Christian people generally have such scanty portions of the free riches of God? It's your fault. It's your fault. It's my fault. Dawson Trotman, the man who started Navigators, the man who also was instrumental in the one who began Crusade for Life, now known as Crew, Dawson Trotman stated this in a question, and let me ask you the same question. What's the biggest thing you've asked God for this week? What's the biggest thing you've asked God? Don't read the rest of the quote, but but just think about your week. What's the biggest thing that you asked God for this week? 
I came across this quote on Wednesday afternoon. I, I look back, as I was telling you, of, of what I was praying about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and, and I thought, okay, there's the question. What's the biggest thing I asked God for this week? So far. And I was like, well, I asked God about our foster child. I asked God about Saturday. I asked God about Paige and Nathan and Mary Morgan. I asked God about me Monday and Tuesday. And then Wednesday I read this quote. What's the biggest thing that you've asked God for? I remind you, I remind you, that they are going before God, the Father, the Maker of the universe. He is the one who holds the world in His hands. What did you ask God for? Did you ask for peanuts, toys, trinkets? Or did you ask for continents? I tell you, Trotman continues, I tell you, it is tragic. The little things that we ask Almighty God. Sure, nothing is too small, but nothing, nothing is too big. Let's learn to ask our big God for big things. What did you ask God for? God says for you, call to me, pray, pray, and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things which you don't even know about. C.S. Lewis stated this concerning prayer. I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. It doesn't change God. It does not change God. Your prayer does not change God. Our opportunity to call to Him does not change God. It changes me. Prayer changes your life. And the opportunity for you and the opportunity for me is ours. God states to Jeremiah to tell the children of Israel, then, then you will call upon me. Then you will come. Then you will pray. And I will hear you. Is the reason that you don't pray because you don't believe that he hears? Is the reason that you spend five minutes a day? I say that liberally. Because most of y'all, if you're in the room, most of you see that uh, there's a group of people that stand up here before the service and, and uh, my back's to you and I say, all right, let's pray. And the whole team prays. And this morning, I thought I prayed long. Okay? Thought I prayed long. I started praying at the clock was one minute and 40 seconds. I said, we got a minute and 40 seconds before we start the service or not. Let's pray. That, that was my sentence. And I prayed. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And I said, amen. And it was a minute and one second left. The five minutes 
that you give the Father in the mornings. The five minutes that you give Him at the end of the day. The opportunity for you and me is ours to take not just those five minutes, but all the minutes that you and I are conscious and give Him praise, glory, honor. Come to Him with requests. He says, call to me and I will answer you. And I'll show you great and mighty things which you did not even know. The opportunity is ours. But the second insight this morning is this. Though the opportunity is ours, the outcome is His. The outcome to those prayers are His. The quote from Lewis was that it does not change God. It changes me. That prayer that you boldly come before Him with changes Him. Not Him. Changes me. The outcome to our prayers, when He says, call unto me, come and pray and I will hear you. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you declares the Lord. And I will restore your fortunes. I will gather you from all the nations and and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to this place from which I sent you into exile. If you look back in Jeremiah 33, what does it say that He'll do? He says that He'll hear you. says that He will answer you, and that He will show you things that you did not have a clue about. And how He answers how He answers is in your best interest. How He answers your prayer is in your best interest. If you knew everything that He knew. If you knew everything like He knows everything, the answer that you would ask for is the answer that He gives. Lord, I just want out of this situation. Well, actually, Brian, if I let you out of this situation, you'd be a rebel If I let you out of this situation and did not discipline you because of this, that, or the other, you would be a rebel and you would think that you were better than you are yourself, than you ought to think. And therefore, I'm not going to let you out of this situation. Because what's best for you is for you to be humbled right now because of this situation that you got yourself into by not coming to me in the first place. Therefore, I'm going to let you stay here and I'm going to bring good out of it. Okay, Lord. For some of you in the room, your spouse, you think, is the problem. You've made up in your mind that it's your spouse. You've made up in your mind that I'm done. It's over. Not giving any more because of them. 
It's not your spouse's fault. Some of you in the room think that it's your boss's fault. Some of us in the room think it's our kid's fault. Y'all see the change of the pronoun? It's not our boss's fault. It's not our kid's fault. You and I need to look in the mirror and say, it's my fault. Where you are right now is because of you. God says to you, and he says to me, are you ready to come back? If you're ready to come back, if you're ready, I've got the answer for you. And he lays it out. Will you get rid of the pride? Will you come to him? Will you call upon his name? Will you pray? Will you seek him with everything that you have and allow him to answer? The opportunity is yours. The outcome is His. All month long, all month long, we have been in Jeremiah chapter 29. All month long, I have been asking you to dream. All month long, I've been asking you to believe. All month long, I've been asking you to ask Him. Again today, let me ask you to risk. Risk for Him. Trust Him. And all month long, we've been speaking about obey. The hashtag is DeBarro. It is crazy on a shirt. Everybody asks what in the world it is. What's that spell? What's it mean? Dream. Believe. Ask. Risk. Obey. Father, we come to the close of a series. And, and Lord, it, it is... It has to be more than five weeks of Sunday morning sermons for you to move as only you can. Father, the latter part of the week, the the prayer that was prayed. Father, the prayers that have been prayed this morning as I have proclaimed Your Word. Father, I have asked and I continue to ask that You would give a state in India with 22 million who are dying and going to hell without you, that have never heard the name Jesus. God, that you would give that state to Levi and Lindsay and the church planting network that is beginning to flourish. I pray, Father, that you would stop 
your enemy. The one who has the hold of so many million. God, that His influence would no longer be the power that is in their lives, but God, You would break through, Your Spirit would fall. Your Spirit would fall on a city of 16 million in Bangkok. For Stephen and Holly Wright, Lord, their team to come together and be unified to see a city that is lost and dark. Father, that You would give River Bend, Hernando. Father, this city needs You. And God, we are Yours. Would You use us to bring glory to Your name in this city? In Senatobia, in Eudora, in Walls, in South Haven. Father, in Lewisburg. God, where You take us every single day on a job site, May You give us the the boldness to speak of Your name even as those think we're crazy. Father, I pray for the homes that are in this room. Homes that You desire boys and girls, husbands and wives to fall on their knees and come back to You. I pray that You would give us those homes. That these homes would be beacons in our neighborhoods and on our streets. Because You are a good God. You are a God who desires us to come and ask. And Lord, I ask. Father, in our county, seven in ten people don't go to church on a regular basis. Father, I pray for those seven. Every single one of them. God, when I come in contact with those this week, I pray that you would put on my mind, are you one of the seven? Do do you know the one who created you? God, may this body care enough about those out there. May I care enough about those out there to boldly proclaim how great you've been to me. I don't know the other prayers, Father, that are being lifted up. God, we ask boldly. Not because of us, but because of You, Jesus. I ask it in Your name. Amen. It's a time of response. A time that we are inviting You to to respond. We're going to stand and we're going to sing. The altar is open. I am here. I'll be more than happy to pray with you. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've never accepted Him, He loves you. He loves you so much that He died for you. He took your place. We sang about it. He took your place. He took your cross. He took God's wrath on your behalf. Why don't you come? I'll be more than honored to share about it. You stand and you join with us as we sing.